The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The Michael King Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday. Yes, baby, that's what we're talking about. It is the one day a week that we dedicate to the Second Amendment and to gun rights and discussions and more right here on the Michael Luke Show. It's uh, where we uh, dive down into the uh, we dive dive down into the details on uh, different things, and uh, we get a chance to uh, uh, we get a chance to hang out and talk about. What I think is one of the most, I think it is the fundamental right. I mean, you know, as old Chuck Heston said, it's the one right that allows all the other rights to exist. Um, without the Second Amendment, the, you know, the first, the 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 third, the fourth, the fifth, the, all of the, everything in the Bill of Rights is predicated on the ability to defend ourselves from um <clears throat> you know enemies foreign and domestic to it, it is a check it's an implicit check on the size and scope of government in our lives um and it, uh, implicit i mean it's implied right it's not it's not an overt threat we're not marching in the streets waving guns and pitchforks and torches over our heads but they know they can only go so far uh before maybe somebody gets upset about it and that's uh, that's a good thing because again, it uh, it holds them in check, and uh, that's what we that's what we love uh, about the Second Amendment is that the framers were they were pretty smart critters. They understood <clears throat> that uh, without that, uh, that uh, we could be you know that that things could be turned upside down uh, in the. Uh, in the country. They I mean they just they you know they were in the just come out of fighting so, so much. They had just come out of fighting a complete rebellion against uh you know the greater powers and one of the greatest standing armies in the history of the world and they understood that what it was going to take to to make it all come about. So uh, Friday is when we sit down and talk about all these things and talk about the different, you know, the laws and the rules and the news stories of things that are happening around the country. And we answer questions. Uh, that's the other thing that we try and do. Firearms Friday actually came about as a way to help demystify the firearm uh, and, de- and, you know, to humanize what's happening out there. And it, to try and unscramble some of the disinformation. Uh, I mean, disinformation is such a fun word these days, right? I mean, it it seems to be thrown around, I mean, all the time. The term disinformation seems to be one of the things we're constantly fighting. But, you know, th- that's the problem is that uh, it, it, 
in in today's news media landscape, there's a lot of people out there talking about a lot of things to which they really know nothing about. And uh, that's really what drove me in some ways to <clears throat> to get into the Firearms Friday issue and really try and force it and bring it up because I just got tired of watching some of the so-called experts on various news outlets, including some of your favorites, you know, Fox News. Oh, everybody's like, Fox, Fox News is the, that's the one we need to listen to. And unfortunately, they're the ones that seems to have some of the worst uh, experts, quote unquote, come on board to talk about gun laws and firearms and, and everything else. It's it's crazy. So that's uh, that's kind of what Firearms Friday, where, where it was born from and where it came from and everything else. And so here we are. We're, we're here today to talk about. Uh, you know, gun news and what's happening around the country and uh, what's going on. And uh, just to try and keep you informed uh, as to what is uh, uh, what's happening. We also uh, have uh, opened the phone lines today. Uh, one of our favorite things to do to talk about uh, in, um, you know, on Fridays is to try and educate and answer questions for you as well. And <clears throat> that 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 requires you to call and, and talk with us because, you know, that's the thing. A lot of times people, you just don't know what you don't know. And people do not like to admit ignorance. And it, it makes them very uncomfortable. And sometimes it, that's not necessarily sometimes their fault because sometimes people uh, who are in the know feel very superior and like to mock people who are not in the know. I don't know why that is, but it is what it is. So we're here to answer your questions about firearms. Maybe you're listening today and you've you're not, you know, you're not pro-gun. You're you're not necessarily anti-gun. You're just, you know, somewhere in the middle there. You're kind of ambivalent. And uh so <clears throat> we're here to answer some of those questions for you in a non-judgmental manner. There, I mean, the mantra of the show, the mantra of our Fridays has always been. Um, that, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a dumb gun question. So we'd love to hear from you today, uh, to ask questions, to talk about things related to firearms and all that kind of stuff. And now's the time to, uh, now's the time to get on board. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you'd like to sound off, we'd love to hear what's, uh, what's going on. Uh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just looked out of the chat room and I see the latest comment is, you want straight information? Listen to the Michael Duke show. Kind of an a-hole, but great information. Well, okay. I'll take that as a compliment, I guess. Uh, that's fine. That's, that's, that's fine. That, but that's what it's about. We're going to get some information here. So what are we going to cover today? Well, we've got um, the troopers in Ninana nabbing a gun burglar. That's a that's a good one. Uh, a judge now has cited that the uh, the ban in uh, post offices is unconstitutional. Uh, we've got the latest uh, bill on what's going on down in Maine after the Lewiston shooting. There's been a huge push in the Maine legislature. They want to really, you know, take down the they really want to 
they really want to go after um, some uh, some of the gun laws, but that's not doing so well in Maine right now. We'll talk about that. The latest report, the DOJ just released a report a couple days ago on the Uvalde shooting, and it lays, it's almost a 600-page report, um, and it talks about a cascade of failures. Um, and we'll talk about some of those, but then the president came out almost immediately thereafter and tried to use that same report to push more gun. Con- I mean, cause it's a, I just, you cannot make this stuff up. Then we'll have a little bit of a review of the, uh, Bruin case about what it can do. And, uh, oh, we might talk a little bit about, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, the governor of New Mexico, who, she got some splaining to do. Michelle, you got some splaining to do. Um, it's going to be interesting, to say the least, because she's she is not she is not the favorite person in many of these areas. So those are some of the stories we're going to talk about today. But since your phone calls reign supreme, um, let's just go to the phones uh, and get things going on, because I've already got two lines on hold. And this is my favorite part of Firearms Friday is just kind of you know it's like it's like if you've ever been to a gun store or to an old hardware store or whatever there's always the kibitzing section you know where the gun the gun people or the old guys they just kind of hang out around the the pot-bellied stove or the gun counter or whatever they just chat they just talk that's what it's kind of like so let's go over here to the phones and see what you guys have to say this morning and start right here good morning who's this where are you calling from yeah this is mike i'm calling from Montilla. Good morning, Mike. What's on your uh, What's on your mind, my friend? What's happening? Well, I'll make a long story short. Um, my when I was a kid, my uncle hunted with a forty five seventy, and I asked him why. He said because if he gets jumped by a bear, it's the best bear gun out there. So here, not too long ago, matter of fact, for Christmas, my wife asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I said I wanted a lever action forty five seventy, and we went in and bought it. And the guy asked me what I was going to be hunting, and I said, well, just about, you know, whatever comes along. I said, but it, I want to make sure I can stop a bear. And he looked at me like I was insane. Then I got the ammunition for the forty-five seventy, and that thing is huge, okay? Um, I'm just wondering what what your opinion is of a forty-five seventy. I mean, 40, 4570 is like the hand of God. I mean, that thing is uh, – it's a beast. Uh, if you'd never it's, – it's funny that you'd never seen the ammunition for it before you, before you decided to get it. Um, yeah, 4570 is um, – that thing's a freight train. Uh, I don't know much about the ballistics as far as, um, as far as accuracy at distance and things like that. But I mean, that is, I mean, I can't even, I don't even remember what the, it's gotta be throwing a, uh, you know, it's gotta be throwing a 400, 500 grain slug. That thing is huge. Um, and yes, I imagine that you would be able to take care of pretty much anything at uh, pretty close range with it. Um, I always thought it was an interesting, just just from a perspective of, uh, uh, you know, historical perspective, I always thought it was an interesting uh, cartridge and an interesting rifle. I've never owned one, uh, but I have shot one, and boy, howdy, you'll know it when you shoot it. It's uh, it's it's quite a it's quite a uh, it's quite a a, a rifle. But uh, anyway, that's it, that. Yeah, I think I think you'll probably be fine. Let me just put it that way. I'm 5'10 and I'm about 160 pounds, so it's 
one of those I'm probably going to have to hang on to pretty tight. Yeah. I just, I'd never shot one. And like I said, we're going back a long time, yeah. 50 years ago when I talked to my uncle about it. And uh, I asked to shoot his, and he was like, nope, you're 10 years old. I'm not going to give you this thing, so uh, you're going to have to wait until you grow up. Yeah. And uh, I just never had had the occasion to get one. And uh, the occasion came up and was like, sure. So, so anyway, have you the Henry forty five seven? Yeah. So the question is, have you gone out and actually shot it yet? Is the is the other question? No, I'm a winter weenie man. I wait for spring to go out and shoot that thing. Yeah. I, I I'm not going out there in the range and and, and freeze my butt off and <laughs> shoot it. I'll, I'll wait. You know. Well, I will. Uh, yeah, you might want to you might want to buckle up, Buttercup, because that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a, a, a quite a quite a uh quite an experience yeah i don't think you'll have any problem taking down most anything with a 4570 um uh, you know including a tank but uh no maybe not a tank but it, it's de- <laughs> it's definitely in other words get anti uh, armor piercing rounds and they can shoot tanks all day. yeah i mean it's it is it is a if i mean i i wish i could show people on the radio just you know throw up something like a 300 win mag or a 308 round or something that's you know it's kind of a standard uh you know round and then you put a 4570 round next to it and you're like holy cow um, it is, uh, it is a monster. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, uh, that is absolutely, well, I, yeah. You know, I, I got one of these, uh, what do they call them? Sharpies here. You can drop it, drop it down the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. You can drop a Sharpie down the barrel. That's always a, that's always a good sign. That's always a good sign. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for calling well, in, uh, and sharing with us this morning. You'll have to give us a range report after you take it out. And after you've used some ice to bring the swelling down, you'll have to let us know what it's like. So, I'll do that. I'll talk to you later, Mike. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in this morning. All right, I've got uh, three more lines on hold, uh, but I am up against the break. So, callers, hold on the line, and we'll take your calls right after the break. I'll, I'll talk to you during the break. Don't go anywhere. But we got to go. We're gonna we're gonna go up here against the commercials. I'm a slave to the clock, baby. I'm a slave to the clock. We're going to have to go over there and talk to him right now. We'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Luke Show continues. You're home for common sense. Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're back with more Firearms Friday right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Um... Oh man, it's so good. Um, yeah, uh, Fox has been as good as CNN for a while now. Uh, what Fox News has been? I mean, I, I Fox News lost me back in God, I don't know what it was 2015, 2016, 2014, somewhere in there. Um, just you know, 
when they had Greg Jarrett go up there and tell us everything that he knew about an AR-15, which would fit into a thimble, and then start to get all emotional and and talk about how it just became a machine gun with a certain press of a button and all this kind of stuff. And I just, you lost me at that point. Absolutely lost me. Um, um, and no, Bill, I, I didn't take that when Bill said that. I didn't... Uh, I didn't take that offensively. I thought it was in regards to my commentary, my <laughs> my liner. This is kind of a dick, but, you know, pretty funny. Um, something about a bill introduced by Hughes related to restrictions on firearm sales meant to research it, but had bills to pay. Uh, I haven't. I'll have to look, Brian. Um, I vaguely recall something, uh, but I don't know what it is. Um. John Hopkins says, if we don't give up guns, we'll have a second second civil war. Well, if we do give up guns, we won't have that, but we will also, you know, become a dictatorship. So, I mean, one way or the other, it's, you know. Um, now that you mentioned it, said Jeannie, going postal was a thing. Maybe it's not a bad idea. Um, sorry, Jeannie. That, I mean... That again, we'll we'll get into it, but you know, just because, just because that's a reason. I mean, you know, a bunch of shootings happens. You know, anyway, I'm not. We'll we'll get to it. We'll just get to it. Um, forty five seventy is basically equivalent to a twelve gauge slug with better range. <laughs> Ooh, man, it's definitely definitely a. Uh, uh, offhand at be- bench rest won't be pleasant. It is. I mean, it was a, you know, you know, it's, it's definitely a, uh, <laughs> it's a, definitely an education. It's like picking up a 454 Casul, you know what I mean? And shooting that. I mean, once is enough, you know, once, maybe twice is enough. Um, or anyway. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, ammunition for 4570 is about $2.50 for each shell. <laughs> That's expensive. That's expensive. That's a day at the range. It's a $500 day at the range. Oh, man. Anyway. Okay. We got one line on hold. We're 30 seconds out. Uh, everybody else dropped off. Let me get the caller's name. Caller, who are you? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael. Good morning to you and the, and the listeners there. This is Matthew in the Golden Park City oh. of Fairbanks. Okay, Matthew. Hold, well, Matthew, hold the line. Uh, Matthew, hold the line. I'm, I'm, we're coming back from the commercial break. So I just wanted to make sure that I knew who you were. And then we're going to start off with you. You're the Lone Ranger, my friend. The one and only. So we're going to start off with you. Don't go, don't go anywhere. All right. <clears throat> Bill says, I haven't shot my 454 Casul in four years. I know. You know what the worst part is? My buddy had a 454 Casul and I'd never shot one. And he's like, oh, this is super unpleasant. And he's like, but we could shoot 45 longs in it all day long. I'm like, okay, well, let's try it out. So he gives it to me. He says, okay, you got a full chamber. Go ahead. And I'm like, plank, plank, 
pow. He's like, yeah, I mixed in a 454 round just so you could see what it was like without telling you. Holy cow. Talk about unpleasant. Oof. Especially when you're like first two or three rounds are 45 longs and you're like, that's not too bad. Oh, man. Here we go. What the hell's an assault weapon? What isn't? If I assault you with a penguin, doesn't that make it an assault weapon? Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. All right, we're back. Uh, the Michael Dukes show continues. It is Firearms Friday. It's our favorite day of the week. I mean... Really, it's like a two-hour therapy session for me. I just feel I just want to lay back on the couch and talk with you. Matthew is up in the Golden Heart City of Fairbanks, and he wants uh, to talk a little bit today. So let's go over to him first things, see what he has to say. Good morning, Matthew. What is on your mind, my friend? What's happening? Good morning, Michael, and good morning to the listeners. I just had a quick question. Given the fact that uh, we are a republic here in the United States, and I understand that states have the individual right to create their own laws, be it uh, more more stringent or less stringent than other states. What's always bothered me was the fact that uh, it seems as if there's um, more of a right to own a fire, firearm in, in relation to, say, a, law, a long, long gun as opposed to a handgun when it comes to uh, purchasing. When I go to another state, I'm allowed to buy a shotgun or a rifle, but I'm not allowed to buy a handgun. Maybe you can uh, elaborate on on why that is. And well, I'll, I'll hang up the phone because well, I'm heading out to the horrible Fort Knox to <laughs> make a hundred thousand dollars a year for my family. Oh, geez, oh man. See, now we know you're a bad guy from the very beginning. Okay, no problem, Matthew. I'll I'll give you my thoughts on it. I don't know if they're you know. We'll I'll, I'll articulate it as best I can. Okay. All right. So. Uh, why can you go to another state and get a long gun but not a handgun? Well, it's interesting uh, that we look at it this way because contrary to what you hear in the news media, contrary to what you hear to the president talking about and all the talking heads where they say, well, the AR-15, the AR-15, the assault rifles, they're the weapons of choice for all criminals and masterminds and mass shooters and everything else. Contrary to that narrative, the majority of crimes uh, committed with firearms in the United States are committed with handguns. The majority of, you know, again, if you go back to the uh, Uniform Crime Report, the UCR, which is put out every year uh, by the Department of Justice. And I haven't looked at the latest one. I think the latest numbers that they've got are 2021, 2021, I think. But I can tell you that from uh, 2020 that the number of people killed in the United States was just around 14,000 people. That's the number of people killed with handguns or with uh, firearms. Um, and when you look at that number, it's, again, right around 14,000. First of all, I'd point out that that's 14,000 people killed out of 330 million people. Okay. So it's a pretty small number. Those are homicides murders, killings. That does not include suicides, although the gun control crowd loves to include suicides in that uh, because it inflates the numbers up in uh, near, nearly to 40,000. But it, it, again, 
about just under 14,000 uh, homicides. Of that, um, that number, only just over 400 are committed with long guns, uh, rifles, uh, you know, of all kinds, squirrel rifles, hunting rifles, AR-15s, all kinds of rifles. Shotguns account for a, a small percentage as well, but then the vast majority of them, something over 11,000 of them, are committed with handguns. So I think many states came to the conclusion that we don't want people coming across our state lines and then buying a handgun right away or visiting and buying a handgun. And then, uh, you know, it's their way to try and abrogate crime, I guess, in those in those areas and in those states. Um, federal law has something to do with some of this, and I'm not sure how it interacts, quite honestly. I've never really looked at how it interacts overall. But the fact is, is that you can, you know, you can buy a long gun or a shotgun in many states while you're there visiting. Um, but federal law also impedes in some of these things as well. I think that stuff's going to get easier and easier as you go through. And of course, that only counts if you're buying a firearm from a licensed dealer. Many states, and in fact, I would say most states still allow for private sales, so there's nothing stopping you if you're going to visit and going to be spending some time in a specific state um, and you didn't bring a firearm with you. Uh, there's nothing to prevent you from, uh, if you're a lawful, law-abiding, legal citizen, nothing to prevent you from purchasing a gun on the secondary market. Unless there is some form of state law in place that says that outside residents cannot. But I think that's the point, uh, uh, I, I, Matthew. I think the point is... Is that they are trying because the majority of, contrary to the modern day narrative, the majority of crimes are committed with handguns, and I think that that is the that is the reason for them to prohibit outside people from being able to purchase uh, handguns in the state, which again never really made any sense to me, for well many reasons. Let's put it that way for many reasons, but. Uh, Anyway, I hope that that answers the question, and I'm sure somebody in the chat room who uh, got uh, got a lot of a lot, a lot of smart folks around here will probably tell me something that I missed um, uh, about that. But uh, yeah, and I think so, I think that's going to possibly change. And of course, with more and more states now allowing for constitutional carry, I think we're up to I think we're up to twenty nine maybe 30 states that are allowing for constitutional carry um, that uh, I think you'll see, I think you'll see more and more where people just basically ship their firearm with them when they go visit someplace and then carry their firearm there. That's uh, that, that makes sense uh, to me. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what goes on from there. Anyway, thank you for your call, Matthew. If you want to call and sound off, today's the day to do it. We're trying to answer questions. I feel like I didn't answer that question very well. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to sound off today and uh, be part of it, you can, uh, um, you know, you you can do it. And, and Bill's right. Isn't it up to the state? And that's what I said earlier. Certain states have certain restrictions. You can't purchase a firearm in Alaska without being a resident. 
Uh, some states allow for long gun purchases. Some states allow for shotguns only. Some states allow for it's up to a state regulation. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think that if you can show that you are a legal, lawful, law-abiding, again, constitutional carry, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm all about it one way or the other. Um, let's go over there. Uh, let's go over to the phones and we got one and we got another caller. Uh, we'll see what you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, sir. And for the continuing education of the, your earlier caller about the 4570, about 30 years ago, while I was working in Barrow, I was out at the uh, gravel pit one day shaking down a pistol, and a fellow showed up with a rifle, and it was a 4570. I think it was a Browning High Wall, and he offered to let me shoot it. He had some ammunition that was uh, Garrett custom loads, 415 grain bullet. And so having some background knowledge about the 4570, when I fired it, <laughs> I took a vice-like grip and leaned into it as best I could, and it still put my glasses on my forehead. <laughs> it reminds me of that video. I remember the video that was going around there for a while on the Internet about 10 years ago where all the guys were shooting that gun in that range. Um, and uh, I think it was in Pakistan or someplace. And every time they shot it, the gun would just leap out of their hands and smash them in the face. That's what it feels like a lot of times shooting something like that. Like you said, your glasses end up on your forehead. Your good thing it doesn't have a scope on it because you'd be all your fate. You'd have a black eye every time. Yeah, I mean it is a lot. It is a lot well, of just, gun. Well, just for further consideration, I don't know if it's still in. Uh manufacturer or not, but uh, Wild West guns down in Anchorage used to have what they called a pilot or airplane gun, which was a super lightweight breakdown 4570, and I can only imagine what that must be like. Right. Could you imagine taking like a Winchester, like a Model 94 Winchester carbine, cut down carbine in a 4570? You know, it's got a it's got a 17 inch barrel or something with almost no weight on it, and you're trying to hold on to it. I mean, I the 4570 is a great round. Don't get me wrong, but man, it is definitely uh, it's definitely high speed, low drag, lots of lots of recoil. Uh, somebody else mentioned in the chat room the Wild West guns uh, kind of thing. I mean, it would have to be a takedown gun and be a, a last resort because you definitely wouldn't want to go out to a, a mild day on the range for shooting practice, right? Because it has definitely got some horsepower on it. Well, sort of like the uh, 357 SIG handgun, I had it described to me once as like having a grenade go off in your hand. <laughs> right, right. Well, I had a you know I had a friend that had a uh, had a four fifty four Casul, and for those of you who don't know, four fifty four Casul is a handgun that has just it's got a monstrous round in it. It's a four it's a four point four five four caliber round, uh, but you know uh, you know comp compared to a forty five ACP, the round is like twice as long. I mean it's it's got a tremendous ch a powder charge behind it. And he's like, well, we'll go shooting with it because I'm like, well, you know, he goes, it's kind of unpleasant to shoot, but we can shoot 45 long Colt rounds through it all day long. 
uh, because it would take both 45 long colts or 454 casuals. And I'm like, okay, great. So we go out to the range and he hands me the gun and it's, he goes, cylinders fully loaded, go ahead and, and uh, take your turn, you know, take your time. And so I'm shooting it and I'm like, you know, one round, oh, that's not too bad. Two rounds, oh, that's not too bad. Three rounds, boom. Like you said, a hand grenade going off in my hand. And I was like, holy, what? He's like, yeah, I put a 454 in there just so you could see what it was like. It was definitely not something it was. I will tell you, it was definitely not something that you would like to, uh, you know, shoot an entire cylinder full of, uh, because even as a big a guy as I am and as big a hands and wrists and everything else, my wrist was sore the next day from that one single round. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of gun. It's like, I've never shot a 50, uh, what was that? The, uh, Smith and Wesson 50 express or whatever it is. The thing that looks like a cannon looks like it requires wheels when you, when you pull it out that same kind of thing. I mean, some, you know, it's one of those things where people say, well, overkill is underrated. Well, but yeah, but at some point you've still got to be able to, uh, you know, hold your coffee mug the next day. So I can understand maybe, uh, not wanting to use that, but yeah. All right. Well, Ron, put you in mind of, uh, Jim neighbors, famous line out of Gomer Powell. Surprise, surprise. Oh, my God. It was surprise, surprise, surprise. It was definitely, he said, the look, he goes, he goes, the look on your face. I'm like, what did you do? And he's like, well, I slipped around in there just to, so you could see what it was. Thank God I had a hold on it. Oh, my God. It was just, it was like, I almost pooped myself. Thank God I was wearing the brown pants that day, you know? So. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, right. I'll let you go and let somebody else get on, Michael. Have a good day. Thanks, Rod. I appreciate it. Uh, phone lines are open at 907. Oh, I love it. I love a Friday like this. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. What's the biggest caliber you've ever shot, you know, in something like that? What's the largest caliber you've ever shot? In uh, in a situation like that, uh, I'd love to hear what you guys uh, have to say about that. Uh, your stories about going to the ring. I mean, all I can think of again is that those guys in that video. I'll have to dig that video up from the. They were shooting a a drill. Uh, I want to say it was like a point seven six something. It was like a blunderbuss. I mean, this rifle was huge. And I mean, it it had picture after picture of these guys trying to shoot this thing, different guys trying to shoot the same rifle uh, and literally flying out of their hands every time they tried to shoot it. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was something like a it was it was a monster rifle. But what's the largest gun you've ever shot in that regards? Uh, Anyway, we will. uh, well, we're up against the break again already. Oof, it's a fast, fast time. Let's uh, continue here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We got more coming up uh, after after this. Don't they have a handgun in forty five seventy? Ask Kyle on YouTube. I think they do. I think Thompson Contender makes a handgun conversion, like a single shot forty five seventy can't imagine that that would be pleasant just cannot imagine all right we gotta go back with more right after this
running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're in the chat room uh, and ready to go. Richard says, um, Mike, I was able to purchase a few nine millimeters over the counter easily in Minnesota. When I moved here a couple of years ago and transferred my hardware up here, the FFL gave me my ARs right away and my shotgun, however, said you had to hold my nine millimeter until I had an Alaska driver's license or ID. Yeah, I mean, it's a state by state issue. And I think it is it has it it all surrounds around the fact of that you know handguns are used in most crimes again contrary to the popular theme that's out there. Um. All right, cold, cold. It's cold. It's a little cold. It's only seven degrees. Uh, six degrees. It's getting colder. Um, but better than the, uh, better than the two below that it was, was it Tuesday or something? It was two below. Oh man. Um, it was called the co-pilot wild west guns co-pilot says Brian. That was that takedown 4570. Uh, and then Kyle said, didn't they have a handgun in 40? I think Thompson center. I think it was a Thompson contender. Thompson, Tomp. Sun Contender 4570. Yeah. <laughs> the Thompson Center 4570. Um, they had, it was the Thompson Center Contender. It had barrels in 223 Remington, 4570, and 410 shotgun. 45 Colt. It was a combo 41045. Um I just cannot imagine. I cannot imagine trying to shoot a 4570 government through a 14 inch. It's a 14 inch barrel. I mean, it does have a little bit more barrel, but oof. God almighty. <laughs> I can't think of something that I would probably want to shoot less than a 4570 pistol at this point. Um, Jim says the biggest gun he has 45 caliber Hawk and muzzle loader. Yeah, the big, the big black powder. That oof, oof. Um, uh, and Kelly just dumped it. What is it? We're talking guns today. We're just talking guns today. Uh, minus 25 in the forecast for next week, says Terry. What? Uh, Kyle says, I'll take a hard pass on that. Yeah, me too, man. There ain't no way that I would, I mean, you know, I've shot a lot of guns, but I just think that that would be unpleasant. Um, 54, did I say 45? I'm sorry, uh, Jim, I meant 54. I read 54, but I may not have said it. 54 caliber Hawkins black rifle, uh, black powder muzzle loader. Uh, Greg says 50 BMG. Yeah, it's about the, I think that's the largest. No, I shot a Solothurn once. I shot a Solothurn once. That's the biggest gun that I've ever shot. 
I mean, I had to pay $15 for the one round, but you know, it's a, God, that's been 25 years ago, 20, 25 years ago. That's a big gun. That's a big gun. Solothurn is a 20 millimeter recoilless rifle, anti-tank rifle. Um, that was, but it's recoilless, so you don't feel as much. I would say that the 50 BMG is probably one of the bigger ones that uh, I've shot. a have shot a bolt action 50 BMG also not play. And in fact, um, the optic blew apart. They put some kind of cheap optic on it and it blew apart. Uh, when, uh, on the third or fourth shot, it just kind of, the ring came off the end of the, yeah, definitely not made for that kind of stuff. Um, 500 Bisley would be a handful. I, you know, again, I'm in it, I'm in it for the fun. Shooting some of these calibers just seems like punishment. And is it just, I mean, I know overkill is underrated, but at some point you're like, well, that just, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like time on target. How much time, you know, if I can, if I can get repeated shots on target, you know, over the course of, uh, you know, uh, over a 10 second window, if I can get five or six shots on target in the time it takes you to shoot once and reacquire, then yeah, I think that's a, I think that again, at that point, maybe it's just a little bit of overkill. That's for sure. Uh, all right. We got one line on hold. We're about 30 seconds out. Let's see who it is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, caller. Are you there? Well, we'll see if they're there when we come back, I guess. They're, uh, we'll put them back on hold. Maybe they're there. Maybe they're not. If not, I got stories to talk about. So we'll uh, we'll get things rolling. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Let's get this done. Like, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things. Um, you know, all the things. Here we go. What the hell is an assault weapon? Does that mean that if we hurt your feelings, you should consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can accept that. Here's Michael Dukes. Kind of a dick, but somewhat funny. I mean, somewhat funny. All right, uh, continuing on uh, the Michael Duke Show. It is Friday, and that means it's Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off of issues on issues of a Second Amendment nature. Uh, we, were, <laughs> Yeah, we just confirmed during the break uh, when Kyle asked, that, you know, don't they have a handgun that's a forty five seventy? And I did confirm that Thompson Center makes a uh, Thompson Contender which is a single shot, multiple barrel pistol that you can, you know, you buy it. It's got like three different calibers. They make one that has a 223 Remington that's got a 410 barrel. It's got a 45 long Colt barrel and one that's got a 4570 government barrel. And again, I just cannot think of anything more unpleasant than trying to shoot 4570 out of a handgun configuration. Uh, but, you know, hey, to each his own, to each his own. Um, all right. Well, I had one line on hold and I tried to talk to them during the commercial break, but they didn't answer and now they just hung up. So, uh, phone lines are open. If you want to sound off on any of the things we've talked about today, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Let me hit you with some of the stories that caught my attention this week. Uh, we'll start off with the story coming out of Ninana of all places. Now, 
Uh, I've spent some time in Nenana. Had some friends that lived there uh, when I was uh, when when Terry and I first got married. Uh, we spent several summers there with the kids for you know tripod days and everything else. I knew a few members of the community. Kind of a nice little close knit community. At one point, I actually considered living there um, and and commuting to Fairbanks. I mean, I I came to my senses later on, but I thought about it for a little bit. Nice little community. Well, um, in uh, Nenana, they've been having a problem. They had a spate of burglaries and thefts and everything else. Uh, well, Mustard reports that the Alaska State Troopers apprehended 41-year-old Ronald Campbell of Nenana, describing what, uh, thwarting what was described as an ongoing bur- burglary. Now, this is actually some pretty good stuff here. It all started around 8.05 p.m. on January the 15th. When troopers were alerted by a homeowner currently out of town for work about suspicious activity at his residence. I got to tell you, you got to love technology because this guy was at work, but apparently he had a home, you know, wireless Internet cameras and everything else because he was able to call the troopers and say, hey, there's a problem at my house. The homeowner had also been informed by a neighbor in Nenana about suspicious about a suspicious uh, excuse me about a suspicious retreat from his residence by this man Ronald Campbell recognizing the recent surge of thefts and burglaries in the area the troopers responded discreetly on arrival they saw fresh footprints in the snow that led from the homeowner's house to an open kitchen window signaling a break in inside the house they discovered a breached gun cabinet with two handguns and ammunition missing, though several long guns remained. So anticipating the burglars' return for the remaining firearms, they secured permission to stay in the house overnight from the homeowner, and that paid off because Campbell re-entered the home through the kitchen window about 3.30 a.m., only to be arrested on the spot. He was found to be in possession of two axes, a large knife, a backpack with tools, and a drill with drill bits. Further investigation led them to backtrack his footprints across town to his own residence. Oh, this is where it gets good. A search warrant executed at Campbell's house revealed both stolen handguns, the ammunition, additional weapons, including shotguns, rifles, and prohibited items like a sawed-off shotgun and a homemade suppressor. Now, Campbell, a multiple felon, is prohibited from possessing certain firearms, including handguns. He has now been remanded to FCC on multiple charges, including a whole slew of stuff. But I mean, you know, I'm going to be honest, this is Nana. You could just disappear and uh, it's pretty brazen to go into somebody's place, I guess, unless you knew that they were out of town or not, you know, working or whatever. But this guy already a felon, breaking into people's houses, stealing guns and everything else. And this comes to the question of gun safes. You know, do you have a gun safe? Do you use a gun safe? I mean, we never had a gun safe growing up. But is it a must-have today? I think for some it might be. I think for some it might be important just for positions like this. Although he did have a drill and a drill bit on him. Does that mean that he knows that he knew what? he was doing did he know how to drill a safe i i don't i don't know i don't know well we'll see we'll see if mr campbell remains in the huskow for a while he was already a multiple felon and all weathered prohibited so we'll we'll see what happens if they throw the book at him or not 
uh, on that one. Uh, so that was one of the first stories that caught my attention. Uh, phone lines are open, by the way, if you want to call in at 907-433-3150. The other story that caught my attention uh, from a couple days ago is this one. I just, I, so a federal judge in Florida, district court judge, by the way, has ruled that a federal law banning the possession of guns in post offices is unconstitutional. Now, this is one of my personal points of pain because, you know, when you're, when you, when you go forth every day and you're, you go forth armed, you're carrying concealed. One of the few places that, you know, it's very, you know, that you, that you would interact with as a regular citizen on any given day um, is probably the post office, right? I mean, you don't go into a federal courthouse or you don't go into a federal building, generally for most people, on, you know, throughout your, your daily routine. But if you're a regular person and you use the mail and you get packages, you probably go into the post office. And it is always a pain to have to disarm yourself, secure your firearm and do everything else simply to go in and pick up a package slip. It's just one of my personal points of contention. I just hate it. But uh, this ruling may have some interesting repercussions. Now, we're going to see what happens with it. But the story begins in part uh, over this judge's dismissal against a person named Emmanuel Ayala, a postal worker who brought a gun to work. Ayala was a postal service semi-truck driver who hauled packages out of a facility located in Tampa, Florida. So he was on the road all the time. He had a concealed carry permit. He carried a Smith & Wesson 9mm firearm in a fanny pack for self-defense while on the job. From time to time, he wore that fanny pack onto post office property when retrieving his semi-truck from work for extra protection, he said, on the short walk to and from the employee parking lot. On September the 14th, 2022, he wore his fanny pack with a gun inside as he walked from the employee parking lot through the metal turnstiles and into the post office. <clears throat> Federal agents from the U.S. Post Office, um, uh, the services, Postal Services Office of the Inspector General stopped him and tried to detain him. He was later indicted by a grand jury. Uh, Mazel said the judge said that the charge against him violated his Second Amendment rights, adding a blanket restriction on firearm possession in post offices is incongruent with the American tradition of firearms regulation. This goes back to quoting the Bruin decision. Uh, additionally, she said, nothing in Supreme Court dicta establishes that the United States may ban firearms in all government buildings. Second, the scope of the Second Amendment right is a legal question, not a factual one. She said, I do not need to hold an evidentiary hearing to resolve it. Instead, the government bears the burden to identify historical evidence supporting its challenge to the regulation. She said the post office existed since the nation's founding, but federal law didn't ban guns in government buildings until 1964 and didn't add post offices until 1972. She said no tradition dating back to the 1700 justifies such a ban. She said, in fact, since the post office's creation, mail carriers have faced the risk of violence. Passengers of 19th century stagecoaches, which carried mail, risked death and injury if coaches were attacked by robbers or Indians. And she went on to cite several other cases where mail carriers were at higher risk than most other people. 
I mean, just kind of some common sense stuff here. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen uh, with this. Uh, this is a single federal district court judge who has ruled on this, but it makes you it makes you think. I mean, if you apply Bruin broadly and you look back here, again, the post office has been around since the foundation of the country. And they were the people who were most likely, you know, out on the roads carrying packages, carrying goods, carrying letters, maybe carrying payroll. They were the ones that were at risk for violence and death and everything else. I, I, but not a, not a bad thing. We'll see where it goes. It's going to be interesting to watch. All right, we got more coming up. Hour two is dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sets, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Bond Arms makes a 4570 Derringer. I forgot about that. Who would shoot that? I mean, who would shoot? I can't, I can't, I just, who would, who would shoot that? Pat says, yeah, wasn't there a Derringer that was a 4570? I think there was. Uh, the Cyclops. The Cyclops 4570. Jesus. Okay. First and foremost, the Cyclops. Uh, the... D- one of the what are the what are the YouTube things? What are the because there's a string I just Googled it and there's like dumbest gun ever. 4570 hand cannon. Um first and foremost, the pistol unloaded. It's a Derringer, right? Supposedly Derringer's supposed to be like a pocket pistol. The Derringer unloaded weighs 28 ounces. <laughs> you tear a hole in your pocket with that thing. 28 ounces, a pound and a half just empty. Um and then the guy is shooting uh this guy is shooting this thing with a 4570 round. Um uh, does he actually does he actually shoot it during the video? I'm just scrolling through this video real quick to see what it looks like when he's uh, when he's actually shooting it because it just I can't imagine that that is I can't imagine that that is pleasant at all. Um, well, it looks like he might actually shoot it. Oh, does he? Here it is. Oh, he does shoot it. Oh, my God. So he's got a bunch of dummies. He's got a bunch of ballistic dummies lined up. Um, one after the other. And then, and then he shoots it, and it penetrates 
it goes through everything at uh, it goes through several dummies at once um i can't for some reason i'm still having a problem with i could show you guys the 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 video of it without the audio because there's no audio but uh dang son the bond arms cyclops 4570 single shot pistol i mean that, that just is is that is just nasty I can't, uh, I can't imagine wanting to. <laughs> the fuck both of us. <laughs> I just, I just can't imagine I would want to shoot that more than once. More than once. Okay. Um, uh, you're so funny, Michael. My comment about post office stands carrying guns on the postal office ground should be protected. Why? Give me your reason. Why does a post office deserve, especially if you're a concealed carry holder and everything else, why should walking into a post office change anything? But I mean, what's the reason? Because in the past, somebody shot up a post office? I mean, going postal, right? That was an actual term back in the day because you had some people do that. But that's the reason? I mean, that would be the argument to make gun-free zones everywhere in malls and in, uh, you know, venues, movie theaters. All these things have happened. So why? Why should carrying guns on a post office be any different than any other building, retail outlet, establishment, church, uh, you know, movie theater, mall? Why would Why should it be any different? What's the difference? Because that's a blanket thing. That's not like the postal employees can be armed to protect themselves and everybody else needs to leave their guns outside to, you know, to, to it, that's a, it's a blanket. Tell me why. I want to hear the justification. Again, to me, just because something happened in some place at some time, even maybe multiple times over the course of years, that doesn't change a thing. Between school shootings, mall shootings, movie theater shootings, bar shootings. How has that stopped any of those things? Again, the only thing that seems to stop these people are other people who are armed. So, again, why? Just curious. Give me a reason why they should be. Okay, um, <laughs> I just cannot believe this pistol. I, I just cannot believe who would ever want to shoot that. That is, it hurts my soul. It hurts my soul to want to uh, shoot that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. It's, it's <laughs> just because you can uh, doesn't mean you should. Um, oh, Brian says, I think she is agreeing with you. I apologize. If that's the case, then maybe I misunderstood because earlier Jeannie had said that um, she thought that uh, um, that uh, you should not be able to shoot, uh, that you should not be able to carry. Um, or maybe I misread the, her original comment. She goes, now that you mention it, going postable was a thing. Maybe it's not a bad idea. 
when I said that they were talking about allowing guns on the property. Maybe I've misread Jeannie from the very beginning. And if so, Jeannie, I apologize. If you are, if you're saying that we should be allowed because of the going postal thing, there you go. Whoa, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday. Oh, yeah. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature um second amendment issues whatever right around the it's all right here on this friday we're ready to go we're ready to we're ready to get it on like donkey kong and talk about all about the uh uh two-way stuff and gun rights and more that uh, we've been discussing already in hour one i mean that was the fastest hour of radio ever in the last hour we're also opening up the phone lines today because uh one of my favorite things on firearms friday is to talk to you about uh, various things, including <laughs> during the break, somebody brought up the fact that there was actually a 4570 Derringer. 4570 government is an enormous round, and somebody actually built a Derringer for that thing. Uh, so we were talking about that during the commercial break as well. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's uh, let's continue on here. I got some stories to talk about. But we've also, again, opened up the phone lines at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about today. Some of the other stories that we're going to cover includes the latest from Maine after the Lewiston shooting um, and this uh, Uvalde report that came out from the DOJ. It's the aftermath report. Uh, which has got some interesting stuff in it. We'll talk about that as well. But first, let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. You'll share with us, and we'll uh, come on together on this. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Scott in Fairbanks. Good morning, Scott. What's on your mind, my friend? What's happening? Well, I missed the last 20 minutes or so of your show, but I didn't. so I didn't hear if anybody's called in about the uh, – 4570 contender. Um, yeah, I got one of those. Uh, 14 inch barrel, full break. I don't shoot it without a. I have a scope on it, so it's pretty heavy. Um, it's rather abrupt, but it's not terrible. Yeah, no, we we actually did talk about that because somebody said, "Isn't there a pistol?" And I said, "I think Thompson Center makes one that is it." And the, yeah, they made it. We we looked it up. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. 
tops it. And, you know, with a 14-inch barrel and the scope and everything else, it probably gives you a good counterweight. But I can't imagine that that would be pleasant to shoot repeatedly, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like you said, it's abrupt for sure. Um, I just can't imagine that it is a super comfortable uh, you know, beyond one or two rounds, I can't imagine it's something you go out on a Sunday afternoon and just go plinking with, right? No, you you don't you don't shoot a box of rounds up. <laughs> it's a few at a time, but like I say, it's not really it's not that bad. It's not as bad as you would think it is. I actually, when I first started reloading twenty years ago, I got a Thompson Contender in thirty out six. And I didn't know any book. I didn't know any better. But uh, when I got my reloading book, so I was ro- lo- loading full bore rifle rounds for that thirty out six contender with the fifteen inch barrel, and that was actually worse than the forty five seventy. The forty, you know, you know a forty five seventy. It's got more of a push because it's got that heavy bullet. Right, right. Yeah, that thirty out six one. That was. Uh, that was abrupt. <laughs> I can just, I can just, you know, you got a hot load thirty out six for a for a twenty two twenty four inch rifle barrel, you know, and you're like, oh, let's put it in this little one and see what happens. Oh man, I imagine that was some eye opening oh, yeah, stuff no, right it, there. It was a fun time. Oh uh, yeah, next time you're up in Fairbanks, uh, I'll stop by the gun show, and if you want to, if you got time, you want to try it out. Um, the other thing is a 5140 sharps. If you want to try that one, that's uh, twice the size, twice as much powder as the 4570. A 51, a 5140. 5140 sharps. Yeah, it's a uh, old reliable. Huh. I'm gonna to have to check that out because I have not uh, I have not seen that one. I'll have to take a look at that. That uh, that a fifty one forty sharps known as a fifty thirty one four sharps is a black powder rifle cartridge that was introduced in eighteen eighty four. Oh, that's a uh, that's a monster. That's a freaking monster. Okay, it's yeah, it's huge. It's bigger than your it's bigger than your thumb. Yeah. That uh, that is insane. That uh, is definitely interesting. Wikipedia is showing me all kinds of pictures right now of the length and the. But that is a monster. What what what's the? How many grains is that? Holy cow! That thing has got to be oh four hundred and eighty five um, grains or five hundred grains. <laughs> no 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 no. I I load up a six hundred and thirty five grain Postel. Wow. And. On uh, 135 grains of black powder, something like that. Jeez Louise, 600 grains. All right, well, <clears throat> that uh, we'll have to we'll have to take a look at that. I'll uh, uh, we'll, we'll come see me at the gun show next yeah. time we're up in Fairbanks. That'll be fun stuff. All right, well, thank you so much. I'll for... bring it. I'll bring them by. And let you take a look at them. Yeah, no, I'd love to see it. All right, well, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, have a great day. You bet. 907-433-3150. 600 grains. And he's not kidding, man. That 5140 sharps is uh is definitely um my gosh. <laughs> it's like three and a half, four inches long and the size of your thumb. 
Um, <clears throat> I can't imagine. That was Buffalo gun for sure. Buffalo gun for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit. Oh, this is, I will talk about this because this is my favorite. Uh, you know, we were talking back uh, late last year about the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Lujan Grisham, who apparently just does not learn. She kicked over the proverbial hornet's nest when she decided to, upon her own power and in her own mind, unilaterally declare that uh, all carrying of firearms in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is illegal. She said at the time she was exercising public health emergency powers and could do just that because she said so. Turned out she couldn't. Turned out that the judge said that that is not what, you know, that's not how that those powers work. And that's it. But then she continued to double down after she was had a after she had the, the injunction thrown against her. She continued uh, by uh, emergency order multiple times. She continued that order multiple times. And while it was no longer a blanket prohibition, it still created restrictions in various areas, including public parks and other places. So people in New Mexico got a little heated. Now, New Mexico is generally kind of a purple place to begin with. But this was something that seemed to really catch people's attention. Last year, some in New Mexico were talking about impeachment. Now, that's it's easy to throw that word around, but this is 2024, and now we're five or six months away from her, uh, you know, her empress-like proclamation. So people have forgotten, right? Uh, doesn't seem so. <laughs> yesterday, day before yesterday, two Republican legislators filed a resolution aimed at initiating impeachment proceedings against Democratic Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham over her emergency public health orders suspending the right to carry firearms in some public places to a greater uh, in greater Albuquerque, such as parks and playgrounds. This is from MS. Uh, this is from MSN. Uh, the resolutions from Representative Stefani Lord of Sandia Park and John Block of Alamogordo accuses the governor of violating her oath of office to uphold the state and federal constitutions. Uh, Stephanie Lord said uh, the point is, is that she has too much power. Uh, we're just trying to say to her, you have too much power. You're acting like a dictator and we're going to impeach you. Lord also, by the way, is the founder of the advocacy group Pro-Gun Women. Uh, John Block accused the governor of violating the Constitution to make a political statement, noting that Lujan Grisham said she expected legal challenges from the very outset. You'll also remember, as we were talking about this incident back in the day, that she knew, I think she knew exactly what she was doing, because when she she put this this blanket order out, she remember her justification was she wanted to keep all people safe in the Albuquerque area, that there was a lot of violent crime going on and she wanted to keep a lot of people safe. But then in the same breath, she literally told reporters that she didn't expect criminals to obey her emergency order. That means that she knew, she knew from the outset that lawful, law-abiding citizens, the people that she was elected to represent, were the ones that were going to be impacted by this. 
and the people who represent the actual problem, the criminals, wouldn't get weren't going to pay attention to her order in the first place. And then she said she expected legal uh, she expected legal challenges to it. Uh, I mean, this thing is just crazy of what's going on. She knew what she was going on. She basically tells us that the goal wasn't to do it, didn't have anything to do with criminals. It was just good guys who might actually stop the bad guys. So she's now facing uh, an impeachment. Now, the we'll see what happens. I don't know if anything's going to come of this. But Lord and Block are at least trying to use the system that's set up of checks and balances to hold her accountable. She is unrepentant. Grisham is unrepentant in any of the things that she's doing on this right now. I'm, I would be glad to see, and I and I think a lot of people in New Mexico. Uh, I saw some polling out of New Mexico that said even though it's kind of a purple state, they were like, lots of people were unhappy. It wasn't just right wingers that were unhappy. There were a lot of people that were unhappy about this. So now we'll see if uh, if they get this impeachment uh, stuff to start or if it's going from somewhere else. We'll see what happens with this. Uh, all right. Um, I got time for one call. We got a call on hold. We'll go ahead and take that call before we go to break. See what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Morning, Michael. It's Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Hello, my friend. What's happening in beautiful Rhode Island? I don't even know what kind con- when they say what is the state there? Is that the the is that the the <clears throat> Alaska is like the last frontier? What's the what's the slogan of Rhode Island? Well, the 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 the, uh, the state symbol is an anchor. So I would say uh, to, all to the bottom quickly. Is what I have to say about this state. <laughs> Going, it's a race to the bottom in Rhode Island. They've got the anchor. That's the symbol. Well, what's happening in the anchor state there? Well, you know the usual. This usual, you know, they had the uh, governor. You know, the uh, the woke, woke governor. Uh, came up with his state of the state, and he, he once again reiterated he's going after the assault weapons, like like the rest of the like the rest of the wokes around the country. So nothing new there, you know. Just or we just have to prepare for another another year of fighting for maintaining your rights. Right, right. Well, good, good. What's on your mind today, Fred? What's uh, what are you what what are you thinking? Well, well, in response to uh, Governor Grissom's uh, New Mexico nonsense going on there. Uh, you know, she, you know, this whole thing about impeachment, you know, I think it's a good thing, you know, because, you know, this whole attitude that a lot of these politicians are taking these days, where they have unlimited and infinite powers, you know, they can do anything they want regardless of the Constitution or regardless of written law or anything. They can just make it up as they go and do exactly what they want. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, there's a lot of nefarious, uh, I'd say, motiv- motivating reasons why they do what they do. You know that are pushing them along, and you know setting the narrative that they, you know that they, they're just kind of like just filling in the blanks and completing the task. But uh, I think if they can hold, if they can hold these people accountable, and impeachment definitely should be on the list. I mean, right. you know, I think it should go even more and more than that. I, I right. think criminal intent. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, I think impeachment will work for the moment. You know, as far as like uh, what what these people are doing. In violation of the, you know, people's rights and everything else, that they underhanded, underhanded uh, way of doing things. And uh, yeah, I definitely, I de- I'm definitely in in favor of seeing, you know, them held accountable for the violations and, uh, you know, taking it, taking it, take it to the max. 
Right. I mean, I agree, especially when it's a direct violation of the oath of office. And she admits freely that criminals, I mean, her stated point behind this whole thing was to reduce crime and violent crime in those areas. And then she goes on in the next breath to say, well, I don't expect criminals to listen to this. So you're basically and effectively admitting that well, you, you know, are disarming you know, the in, citizens. In, in response to that, explain how they also sit there and support defund the police. They sit there and they get the George Soros and the rest of the uh, the rest of the billionaire clowns who are pushing a lot of these anti-gun narratives. You know, supporting things like you know this no bail, low bail, no charge. Let let the felons out in the streets. You know, and revolving door justice, and creating more problems. But on the other hand. They want to sit there and you know restrict your rights to be able to defend yourself, right? You know under the Second Amendment, and uh, you know I mean you talk about the ultimate contradiction. I mean that makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever, absolutely none. And she, the nitwit governor over there in uh, New Mexico even admitted that it has no effect on criminals. I kind of care. So what is right. the, why don't we just stand up, stand in the middle of the street and let the bus run over here? Come on. You know, what kind of common sense is they applying here? Well, there is no common sense. And, of course, the speculation was, well, the speculation was at the time, uh, because Gavin Newsom was making a bunch of noise about his constitutional convention and outlawing assault. The, the, the buzz was at the time is that she was trying to make a political splash and a political statement to kind of show herself as pre- as potential vice presidential material for a run by Gavin Newsom, uh, which I think may have backfired on her. I think she wasn't okay. really thinking about that. But um, all right, Fred, hold. Thank you. So speaking yeah, of- yeah, Fred, hold the line for a second. I'm sorry, I've got. I'm. I just realized that. I got to go. Hold the line, Fred. Uh, We'll be to you here in a second. We'll talk to you during the break. We got one final segment coming up of gun stuff and then Willie Waffle. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Back with more right after this. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, and then Fred hung up. I wanted to get back to Fred. All right. Well, sorry, Fred. If you're listening, uh, we would have loved to continue to talk with you, but uh, we were up against the, uh, if the you know, that's a break. Um, <clears throat> Jeannie says, Michelle Lujan Grisham, she's a peach. <laughs> I think. I think that's the Southern, ain't she a peach? Uh, I think that's the kind of thing like that. Um, um, Richard says, Mike, it does make sense because they figure the criminals and scumbags will call the herd, so to speak, if they can unarm Americans and patriots. Well, good luck with that. I mean, here's the calculation that I don't think many of these politicians really consider, uh, in these kind of situations. It's my personal opinion. Um, I don't think that they consider the whole idea that first and foremost, American Americans and America in general has a, uh, 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 quite a history of civil disobedience to laws that they don't think are just right. So on the surface, you may have a, you know, a law that says you can't, you know, carry a gun or you can't own a certain kind of gun or you can't do this, you can't do that. But the vast majority of Americans, while they may not say anything 
externally. They may not say anything in the public eye. They may not get on the, you know, go out and protest or do anything else. They just quietly put the guns in their attic and uh, or, you know, or keep their guns under their coats and they don't say anything. I mean, we've seen that. Look at what's going on in, you know, places like, again, Connecticut and New York and many of these places where they've passed these ridiculous bans on, you know, the SAFE Act, assault weapons, things like that. And their compliance rate in these states is in the single digits. So she may think that somehow by disarming the citizens, admitting that the that the criminals are not going to comply anyway, she may think that this somehow may may cow or make the citizens less likely. I just I think it is going to have the opposite effect, quite honestly. I really do. I think it's going to have the opposite effect. Uh, I mean, look at the look at the Greenville Mall shooting, right? Again, civil disobedience. The kid who stopped the mass shooter in the Greenville Mall was legally not allowed to have a firearm in the mall because the mall had signs posted that said private firearms are not allowed. Just like in many gun-free zones, there are signs stating that. And that would be a violation of the state statute. If, if somebody has that posted, you're legally not allowed to have it in there. He had it anyway. He stopped the shooter. And what happened? Did the mall owners, did they sue the kid? No, they sent him a thank you letter, a congratulatory letter for defending their patrons and taking care of it. Again, massive history of civil disobedience in this country over laws that are stupid or unjust. It's it's uh, it's crazy, you know. Um. All right, we got a couple lines on hold, and we're about a minute out. So let me go over to the phones real quick, get some names and where we're calling from. We'll get things set up, and then we'll take these calls coming back into the break, okay? Or out of the break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, caller. Are you there? Okay, we'll just put unknown on that one, and we'll come back to it here in a hot second. Let's go to the second caller. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael. How you doing? I think I, uh, I think I hung up on you prematurely there. Yeah, you did. Um, any final thoughts here, Fred? Before I jump back over to the radio. Well, yeah, just 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 one more. The uh, thing is, uh, you know, the assault weapons ban. It kind of falls in the narrative with the same thing the governor of New Mexico is doing. It's nothing more than a political ploy. This whole assault weapons thing. It's, it's, it's like I mentioned before, they just want to burn the world down, the entire world down, as opposed to admitting they made a mistake. And they're not going to give up on it. No, I agree with that, Fred. I agree totally. Uh, that They think that they're right and that they think that we're the ones that are standing in the way of progress and they're not going to stop. That's just kind of the way it is. I agree with that totally. Um, all right, Fred, thank you so much for calling in. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we're going to come back to you, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio, here we go. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. That's right, protection guns. 
Just protection guns. That's all I have. Just got to get rid of those murder guns. The protection guns are the ones that we need. Uh, welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show. One final segment on guns and 2A rights and things like that. Before we jump into it, Willie Waffle got to be joining us here in about uh, 10, 12 minutes. And we will hang out with him for the remainder of the show, do a little bit of lighter side stuff. We'll do a little bit of entertainment news. Why? Well, because I like to end the, I like to go into the weekend on a high note. Uh, not that I don't enjoy talking about gun stuff all the time everywhere, but definitely, uh, definitely some interesting stuff. We were just talking about during the commercial break, uh, the, you know, the most American of traditions, which is civil disobedience. Um, I could probably do a whole segment all just on the civil disobedience in America, uh, throughout the years and, and show you why I think gun control people are going to fail in their mission in the long run. Um, but that's probably a whole nother, that's probably a whole nother firearms Friday, but civil disobedience plays into a lot of this stuff. And, and we, you know, the politicians should be paying close attention to this stuff. They really should. But I did want to get to, um, I did want to get to this story about, uh, Uvalde. Now, of course, Uvalde, 19 students, two teachers killed. It was a horrific horrific tragedy um but preventable some of those deaths were preventable the department of justice has now released their nearly 600 page what they called a critical incident review of the shooting at rob elementary in uvalde and uh, now some of the some of the Things about the law enforcement response have been known since the shooting happened. There's been a lot of criticism. There's been, I mean, people have lost their jobs. Uh, there's been, you know, the threats of lawsuits and all. I mean, just this was a hot, hot mess, right? We knew that. But there are still a lot of facts, some of them just downright infuriating, to be found, starting with a confirmation that the dozens of officers who arrived on scene could and should have engaged the killer as soon as possible rather than treating the classroom incident um, as instead of a instead of treating it as an active shooter situation, they treated it as a barricade situation, which is a totally different, you know, that's a that's like a hostage negotiation kind of thing. This was something totally different, but they treated it like a barricade situation. At one point, there were nearly 400, let me just say that again, 400 officers on campus. But it took authorities more than an hour to engage the attacker and enter the classroom. The DOJ report describes the decision to classify the shootings as part of a series of cascading failures by law enforcement, including... The first officers to arrive at Robb Elementary, according to Cam Edwards over at Bearing Arms. And from the report, it says the review teams reserved its most critical commentary for the officers who arrived first on the scene, who retreated from the classroom and treated the gunman as a barricaded su subject, not an active shooter. 
According to the report, the most significant failure was that the responding officers should have immediately recognized the incident as an active shooter situation using the resources and equipment that were sufficient to push forward immediately and continuously toward the threat until entry was made into the classroom and the threat was eliminated. Lieutenant Mariano Pargas, Uvalde's acting police chief at the time, was among the first officers to arrive at Robb Elementary. He was deemed by the review team to be, quote, the person best positioned to direct command and control, unquote, of the law enforcement response, but failed to do so. After the initial failure to pursue and confront the shooter, communication breakdowns compounded the confusion on scene even after the arrival of Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Chief Peter uh, Arendondo, whom the report indicated and identified as the de facto on-scene commander. Arredondo lacked a radio, the report found, having discarded his radio during his arrival, thinking it was unnecessary. What? The report found none of the law enforcement leaders at the scene established an incident command structure to provide timely direction, control, and coordination to the overwhelming number of responders who arrived at the scene. Counter to well-established active shooter training methods, Arredondo directed officers intending to gain entry into the classroom to stop. He didn't have a radio, didn't think he needed one. Officers are ready to go in. He told them to stop. Now, he's already been fired. But the now it turns out, and we're hearing that the Uvalde district attorney has been investigating the possibility of filing criminal charges against some of their officers for their lackluster, lackluster response. But, I mean, this is – he. Anybody that studies tactics or battles or military history or anything else, and this is a police action, but it's a battle, right? It's an engagement that you understand that communication is critical to these kind of things. You've got to coordinate. You've got to let he discarded his that this is what it says. He discarded his radio during his arrival, thinking it was unnecessary. What the actual I mean. What? Now, this goes on and on and on. And this, this, you can read the whole report, but this thing goes on and on and on. It just, po- just shows all the problems that went on with this shooting. And that's the thing. They want to try and blame guns and citizens and everything else. But we've seen incident after incident where there has been a failure by government officials, whether police on the scene or in the main shooting, it turns out now that the, one of the buddies of the shooter in Lewiston actually sent a text message to his commanding officer like three weeks before the shooting and said, he's going to shoot. He's going to go shoot up someplace. And it was it was ignored. I mean, this whole thing is just it's a failure of government. This whole thing is a failure of government. I'll say that right now. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Willie Waffle is up next. Don't go anywhere. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you read this report and you're just like, 
what the actual, I mean, what, you know, Jeannie says she hates to, she says, uh, I hate, don't want to burst your bubble. Very few agencies train officers in battle tactics. Okay, look, you don't have to be a, a student of military history to understand that communications in any one of these situations is just vital. He discarded his radio the minute that he got there, thinking that it wouldn't. Uh, again, let me let me just. I just want to. I just want to. Here, here we go. Here we go. The. Here we go. Right here. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna quote. I'm gonna copy. This is directly out of the report. That's it's directly out of the report. Lacked a radio, having discarded his radio during his arrival, thinking. They were unnecessary. And, and I'm just like, in what world? And again, you don't have to be a military genius or historian or battle tactics guru to understand that having a radio in those kind of situations is imperative. And the fact, again, that he directed officers intending to gain entry into the classrooms to stop. They waited outside for something like 69 minutes or something while shots were still being fired in the building. I There's just no, there is just no, you know, no thing. Um, oh, you weren't talking about comms. You were just talking about tactics. Okay. All right, fine. But again, his argument of, I mean, we just know that in in the course, the comms are in, incredibly important to any kind of organization or cohesion, whether it's tactical or not. It, it I mean, it just, it just blows my mind. Oh, man, it's uh, is nutty, nutty. Oh, it's the epitome, she says, of administrative incompetence. Yes, I would agree. Uh, I would agree for sure. Uh, okay, um, let me go back up here um, and see what else, uh, what else you guys are talking about. Jeannie also said, she says, I'm predicting that SCOTUS will end all of this before the end of their term. The 2A violators are falling like rain. I hope that they take up some of this other, especially from these jurisdictions where the politicians are um, basically sticking a thumb in the eye of, of SCOTUS by creating all these additional safe spaces, et cetera, et cetera. That's, I mean, that's what I think is interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be. Uh, you know, if they take up some of those cases and basically say, you guys are trying to screw with us and, and put them down, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting situation. I'm, I can't wait to see what happens with that. I hope that this, that SCOTUS takes that up. You, I hope you're right, Jeannie. I really hope you're right. Um, Okay. Denise says, okay, don't laugh, but I have a real sentimental attachment to a little 22 that every kid in our family learned on. It now belongs to my son, but I still have it for now. There's nothing, that's not, I'm not why would I laugh? 
that is fantastic. I mean, I remember, um, you know, I remember some of the some of the guns that I shot with my dad. They, I have a very special place in my heart for some of those firearms. Absolutely. You know, I I absolutely have a special place in my heart for that. Why would I why would I laugh? I think that's fantastic. Um what else are we talking about here? Uh Harold said he just joined us and said he waited all week for Willie Waffle. Well, good, buddy. You're about to he's gonna call in here any second. We're about a minute and a half out, so I expect his call here in just a second. My phone's gonna buzz and we'll be ready to go. Um Terry says these officers need to burn. They're as guilty as the shooter. I mean, I don't know if I need to burn, but I think there definitely needs to be some accountability here. Uh, I mean, they were trying to hold. There were there were parents that were trying to run in there on their own, unarmed, and they were holding those parents back. And I'm just like, you ain't holding me back. It takes six or seven of you to hold me back. If my kid was in that classroom. I don't care who you are. It takes six or seven of you to hold me back. If my kid was in that classroom and you were sitting around with your thumbs and your collective asses, there's no way I would stand around for that. No way. Okay. Uh, all right. We got Willie locked into the system. Now we're ready to go. We're going to jump into this. Um, it's good. It's good. We need to, we need to lighten it up, lighten it up. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Only 18 of you like the show so far today. More of you need to like it. There's 40 of you here. Just like, thumbs up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, man. It's Friday. I Can it be Friday night already? That's all I want. I just don't. I mean, I know it's Friday. Just just give just make it Friday night and I'm happy. Uh, all right. Let's um, let's continue on here. We bring Willie Waffle on to the program to talk about movies and entertainment and everything else. Hello, my friend. What is what be the haps? What's going on in your world? What's going what's going on? Give me something good. It's snow. It's show business. It's it's crazy talk about award shows. It's 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 just it's all swirling, man. Like all of it, all of it. And I've got the story that is going to put a smile on your face, or at least make you realize how silly all of Hollywood is. Okay, should we do that up front, or should we save it after you yeah. give me all the other stories? I mean, I you know, let's start strong, baby. Okay, here start it strong. is. All right, give it give it to me. He wants. <laughs> He wants to give it. You can hear it in his voice. He's like, I've been waiting so all week to tell you. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Premiering next week at the Sundance Film Festival, a Richard Simmons biopic starring Polly Shore. Polly Shore. Oh, <laughs> baby. So Polly yeah. Shore has been working on this. He's been secretly filming it with his crew. They're going to unleash it on the world at uh, at the Sundance Film Festival. They're going to hope to get uh, some sort of a distributor or some sort of streaming deal. And here's the best part. This is the part that I love. As soon as the news came out, Richard Simmons issued a statement. And he wanted the whole world to know, I have not given them permission to do this. 
<laughs> I'm like, is Richard Simmons still alive? I mean, you know, he so, is. I know he is, and, and you know, it's amazing because he's literally just kind of dropped off the radar. I mean, he just he kind of just exited public life what like seven, eight years ago, and and it was always this big mystery. Like there were all these these horrible rumors and stories that like, you know, he, he was being held against his will and being taken advantage of. And, you know, it, it really just was that he was ready to retire. And so he just hasn't been doing anything. But as soon as this news came out, I'm not kidding. I want to say like two to three hours later, boom, we had a statement. <laughs> he said, I did not give my authorization. Well, it is Pauly Shore, you know, and not that, yeah. the, you know, I like Pauly Shore in small doses, but, you know, he kind of got, uh, you know, the, the decision-making process there. The, the judgment <laughs> may not be what you need it to be. So, again, not a big surprise. I actually saw something about this like three weeks ago. Somebody said something about Oh, you Pauly. did? Okay. Well, no, but, I mean, it was just like in passing. It wasn't like a sure thing. But it was like somebody mm -hmm. saying, oh, Polly Shore, you should do a biopic of uh, yes. of, Gene, of Gene Simmons. And and it was uh, and it was like, wait a second. Uh, yeah, you're right, because they're kind of look, you know. And then to find out that, yes, it's true. Um, that's pretty funny. Uh, that I think it's hilarious. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's going to go one of two ways, man. Either it's going to be so horrible that you're going to want to know that you saw this moment. Right. Or it's going to show you that Pauly Shore has secretly been an Oscar-winning actor all this time. <laughs> well... Would you like to lay some money on that? I'm just asking if you want to. Lay some yeah, money. I know where my money's going, baby. Don't oh, squeeze yeah. the, don't squeeze the, ooh, so easily. Uh, that's probably about the only thing that I can watch Polly Shore and that I can stand is Encino Man. Um, but you know, a little bit goes a long way with that. Well, we'll see what it, how it is, and and we'll see if uh, I mean it's a it doesn't have to be an authorized biopic to be a biopic. It's just what it is. Um, yeah. speaking of biopics, um, Linda Ronstadt, who's actually an amazing and has been an amazing yeah. singer. Um, and, uh, they're going to do one about her. She's still around too, but she has a, she got sick with, was it cancer she or did. what was it? What is... Well, no, she originally was diagnosed as having Parkinson's disease and it turned out it was a misdiagnosis that she actually has a disease uh, called progressive supernuclear palsy, and it and this is the saddest part. It's it's stolen her ability to sing, and so you know she also has been kind of out of the public limelight uh, for for years now. Uh, you know, I mean, she shows up. She shows up. I mean, she was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, she's been honored at like the the Kennedy Center, uh, things of that nature. But she can't sing anymore. Right, and now. They're going to do a, a biopic about Linda Ronstadt and just she's had an amazing life. I mean, you know, she's easily one of the greatest singers in, in all of music history. Uh, she's had a lot of great success. Her personal life is fascinating. And now they're going to ruin it by having Selena Gomez player. <laughs> yeah, I wow. just don't I, see it. I Selena mean, Gomez. You know, I mean, I guess. If you look back at pictures of her when she was young, there's a passing resemblance. Yes. But that's yeah, a it, passing resemblance. Yeah, and, and Linda Ronstadt has a Mexican heritage. So, I mean, this is not a stretch. I mean, 
You know, as I think that that you know that's nice. Uh, but but you know, I just whenever I think of Linda Ronstadt, I just think of this just ethereal, you know, just very charismatic woman. Yeah. And and when I see Selena Gomez, I see somebody who seems to be angry that she had to get out of bed today. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong; she's talented. I want I watch her in in Only Murders in the Building. I th- I think it's a great show. But I she's so flat and monotone all the time. This is going to be a major challenge for. Yeah. And and I you know the only thing that gives me hope is that the director is David O. Russell, uh, who is one of the best directors out there, right? You know, he 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 did you know Silver Linings Playbook, he did Three Kings, he he did a whole bunch of other really great great movies. So I think he can get the best out of her if it's there. Let's see if it's there. Yeah, I mean that'll be interesting because again, she's you know I mean I remember listening to her standards album. Um, and, uh, I mean, she had like 20 something albums. I mean, it's, she, she, yeah. uh, what did she, I mean, she had 11 Grammys, three American music awards, two Academy of country music awards and Emmy. I mean, she just like, boom, 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 boom. Um, so she's an amazing singer, but, uh, yeah, you, you better do it justice or probably the fans will roast you alive. Oh, it'll be painful. Yeah. It'll be painful. Okay. Well, Selena Gomez, I guess we'll see um and then uh, why is this it's like bio it's like biopic week i mean (laughs) i I just looked up and the next one is is there a bruce springsteen movie in the works can i be the first to say and i know you're a springsteen fan so i'm not trying huge i'm not (laughs) i'm huge not trying to offend you but right who cares i i mean i'm sure (laughs) sure i like some bruce springsteen songs you know born in the usa and a few that were there when i was growing up but the guy just uh, you know he just grinds my gears over his his whole you know whatever is his uh his but but fine everybody wants to have movies apparently about their favorite people so why not uh we got richard (laughs) simmons we got uh you know so that's uh, that's fine. I said Gene Simmons earlier. I meant Richard Simmons. Go ahead. Uh, but I'm sure no, there'll and, be a Gene and, but, Simmons biopic soon. I mean, it'll be fine. Oh, and he'll probably star in it himself. Yeah, and produce and, but, it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, you know, listen, one of the big things about modern movie making is that we don't have a lot of original stuff because original stuff, people have to learn what it is. And it's harder to market. It's easier to market the movie about Bruce Springsteen. Well, all the Bruce Springsteen fans will show up. A lot of people know who Bruce Springsteen is. They'd be interested to see that. Now, what they're going to do here, and, and I like this approach to, to biofilms. I really, really do. So the idea here is that it would be the story of Bruce Springsteen uh, recording and releasing his 1982 album, Nebraska. And and for people who are Bruce Springsteen fans, you know, like this was a big deal. Like, you know, he was coming off of three of the, the biggest and best rock albums in the history of music. You know, he was he was having, you know, his first, you know, top 10 hits. I mean, he was the deal. And all of a sudden he comes out with this stark acoustic album and everybody's like, what is this? And, and, you know, and, and I've, I've read a lot about this. I I'm, I'm a big fan of Springsteen. I'm a big fan of Stevie Van Zandt. I'm actually reading uh, Stevie Van Zandt's bio uh, about uh, his life. And I just read the section about how they were talking about Nebraska and, and what, you know, what they should do with it and then how the band tried to you know create it or tried to record it in a more traditional rock style. And it just wasn't working, but along the way they ended up recording a bunch of songs ended up on born in the usa so that's kind of where the story's gonna go <laughs> right it was like oh this was all found stuff along the way this stuff worked out and the next thing you know fine we got another super album out of it okay well good uh when's that one coming out 
Uh, you know, it's still to be determined. Uh, we don't even have a production date on it. So I'm thinking 2025, somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, Linda Ronstadt, probably the same thing, 2025. Uh, you know, they, they have to go into some pre-production. They have to start shooting. Uh, Selena Gomez has a pretty busy schedule right now, you know, between only murders in the building. Uh, she would just announced that she's going to be in a, a sequel to The Wizards of Waverly Place, uh, the big Disney show she was on. So she's in high demand. Okay. Well, it's good to be paid. That's all I can say. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's good to get paid. All right. Uh, well, let's move on to the movies. We'll start off with American Nightmare because you're like my wife or a crime junkie and you just can't stop watching that stuff. All right. Tell me about it. This one's so good, though. I mean, this is a really amazing story. So it's a three part uh, Netflix docuseries. Now, each each part is about 45 minutes long. So you can sit down and watch it like in one sitting. And and that's kind of what I did. And I think that's maybe the best way to do it. So it is the, it is the true story of a California couple uh, back in like, uh, I want to say like 2015, somewhere in there, uh, that um, the they were they had an invader in the middle of the night. And uh, his, his girlfriend is kidnapped. He goes running to the police as soon as he can. And he tells this fantastical story. I mean, like, you know, just sitting there listening to the story, you're thinking, this guy has got to be making it up. And the police thought he was making it up. And so the story doesn't become the police trying to find his his girlfriend who has been kidnapped. But it becomes about how are they going to get him to break and admit that he killed her? Oh, and then, then she shows up alive. And instead of becoming a story about how are they going to find the guys who kidnapped her, it becomes a story of they think she made it all up, a la the movie Gone Girl, which had just come out recently. Oh, geez. And so the story becomes and this whole this whole series is about what these people went through to try to convince the, the police that this really happened. Like this woman was kidnapped. She was treated horribly. And part three is where it all comes together and you see the truth and it will just have your blood boiling. It will have your blood boiling. I don't need to see any more of that about how the police are. No, I don't need to see any more of that, but okay. Well, I'm sure my wife will watch it. She'll love it. Negative one to four waffles on American nightmare. What do you say? Yeah. I'm at three waffles. I feel like it's a little repetitive, you know, like, like they're trying to stretch it out. Like, you know, I, I just feel like at times I'm listening to the story. I'm like, we know that we heard that already. We saw that, you know, like we actually see, you know, videotapes and recordings of his interview by the police, his interview by the FBI. Uh, you know, we see her interacting with the police. And and, and, and I, I do want to put put this out. You know, I mean, right now you're probably thinking the police don't look very good in this in this series. There's good and bad. And I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. There's okay. good and bad. Okay. Yep. So three waffles on American nightmare of the Netflix uh, documentary series. We move over to in theaters right now. This is the one I'm interested in. I S S uh, the international space station. Give me the details. Yeah. You know, kind of a cool idea that, you know, that, that they're off to the international space station, right? Uh, Ariana DeBose, you know, Oscar winner, you know, is, is arriving at the station new and, and meeting her, her American counterparts and her Russian counterparts. And suddenly out there looking out the window and they can see the nuclear bombs going off on the planet earth. And they start to wonder, what does this mean for us? And they're quickly getting communications from the ground. Take the space station. So the Russians are being told that the Americans are being told that by the Americans. And we have to wonder, is this going to be all out war on the space station 
or will they try to maybe find some sort of peace? Because let's face it, the way things are going, they might be the last few people alive <laughs> around anywhere. Well, and how are you going to get home? What's it going to matter? At that right, point? Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's the only thing too. What, what does it matter if you take it? I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at the earth blowing up underneath you, you know, yeah, like, exactly. I'm with you at, at this point. Oh, goody. You know, that you know, what, you know, what, what's the, what's the value of that? What, what's right, the, right. you know, how, you know, what, what your, your life, what, your life might extend by an extra day, maybe two days. Right, Who knows? Exactly. You know, so, and, and I think they do a nice job setting up that, that tension, that idea that, you know, hey, who can they trust? Who wants to do, quote unquote, the right thing? Who wants to fight? Is fighting the right thing? You know, and, and you're wondering who's communicating with who? Who's hiding where? Because it is the space station. It's not like you've got all sorts of land to be hanging out. You're going to be running into each other a lot. Right. And it's not like you got a lot of supplies. It's not like you got guns and ammo. Yep. It's not like you got, I mean, this is going to be, yeah, I can't imagine. That sounds like kind of a psychological thriller. What uh, negative one to four waffles, what do you think of ISS? You know, I'm at two and a half waffles. I think that, you know, it's got some tension. It's got some good storytelling. It moves pretty quickly. It could have developed things a little bit more, but I'm satisfied. You're satisfied. It was good. Thought, yeah. thought provoking. Good stuff. All right. Well, Willie, that's uh, it for today, my friend. Next week, we're back. And anything new coming up real quick? Amazon Prime has a new Nicole Kidman series, Expats. Expats. I saw the trailer for that, uh, which is kind of, I don't know. I'm watching Lioness right now, and I'm not 100% sure on it. We'll, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll check back in with you next week. Folks, we're out of time. Monday. <laughs> we'll have some session recap and more. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. I got to be honest, I keep looking at Nicole Kidman, and I love her as an actress. I mean, I remember watching her. You remember her in that movie with Sam Neill, Dead Calm, back in the day? Yeah. And Billy Zane? Yes. Um, yep. That was an amazing movie. Uh, and then I look at her today, and I'm like, sister, put the scalpel down. I don't know what you've done yeah. to your face, but it's just so bad. And it's just, it is it's so heartbreaking. It's distracting. That's the problem. It's not that she's not yeah. a great actor. It's that whatever she's done to her face, I, like I said, I'm watching Lioness right now on Paramount, and she's in that series. And every time she's on screen, it's distracting. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know exactly what it is, but it's, it's bad. I have met Nicole Kidman. And I have hung out with Nicole Kidman. Oh. And I will tell you, this was back in, I want to get the date right. I want to say like 2010 or so. And she was in Washington, D.C. making a movie that completely bombed, uh, right. The Visitors, with right. with, uh, with Daniel uh, Daniel Craig and her. Right. And they did a big event up on the uh, the rooftop of a hotel that look, overlooks the uh, the White House. Right. And I will I will never forget this day because there I am standing on the roof. And, uh, and and I'm standing right next to Nicole Kidman. And I'm telling you, dude, right now, that woman looked like an angel. That was maybe <laughs> the most beautiful woman I have ever, ever met in my life. I was just agog. Right. I, 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 I don't even know 
how I could even put two words together talking to her, right. you know, just, just, just beautiful in every way. And, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. You, okay. So here's the whole story. Okay. You're going to like this. So okay. Just me, and you and just me, you and 60 yep. of our closest friends on Facebook. So, yeah. that's right. so it comes time for the press conference and, and I'm sitting there and, and I know this is going to shock you, but, um, I'm not the first to get a chance to ask questions. Ah. I'm, yeah, you know, they, they have like the AP there, CNN, you know, uh, the Variety, Hollywood Reporter. Right. And they're asking all the questions that I want to ask Nicole Kidman. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I, I don't even know if I'm going to get a Nicole Kidman question in here. And it's my turn. And I stand up and there's a part of me that just can't, bring myself to talk to Nicole Kidman. <laughs> so I look at Daniel Craig, who at the time was rumored to be the next James Bond, but it wasn't official yet. So I looked at him, I said, Daniel, there's a lot of stories going on right now about the fact that you're going to be the next James Bond. Do you want to confirm it for us here today? And he looked at me and he had these like sunglasses on and his lips kind of pursed. He started looking like a guy who smelled a bad fish. And he looked at me and goes, no. And a week later, they announced he was James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't ask a Nicole Kidman question. Ask him to... yeah, yeah, you know, because I was like, there's, there's nothing else left. I just got to go for it. I mean, somebody even beat me to the question about her possibly uh, dating uh, uh, Keith Urban who at the time it was kind of a quiet little relationship. And of course they, they've gone on and gotten married since then. Right. So maybe I, I think it was, I have, I have to double check my time. It might've been earlier than 2010. Yeah. Well, I got, I, I gotta, anyway, I just, I mean, I loved her as yeah. an actress, but it's, it's just, I find it distracting, unfortunately. And maybe, maybe that's just my shallowness or whatever, but it's whatever it is, but Okay, well we'll see what uh, we'll see what uh, expats brings. I don't even know what the story's about. I saw a little bit of a like a you know like a three second video reel or something with her face on it and stuff. But uh, yeah, they're basically just letting you know Nicole Kidman's in this, so go ahead and tune in. And yeah. she's still a great actress. Yeah. She's got great I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, she she's so transformed physically that it is kind of distracting. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just she's, and she doesn't need it. It's not like she's another person. It's just there's something that's not quite. It's it's artificial. You know what I mean. So anyway, uh, yeah. whatever it is, I, I hate I hate being shallow, but it's just it's one of those things that kind of distracts the eye. You're like that's it kind of throws me out of my suspension of disbelief. All right, bud. I'll see you next week. Have a great uh, have a great weekend. All right, we'll see you soon. All right, folks, out of time. We'll see you on Monday. Have a good one. We'll see you then. Terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people.
It's the Michael Duke Show.